chapter 20, verse, verses 23 and 24. Excuse me, 22, 23, and 24. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 is where we will start. While y'all are turning, I wanted to tell you a story I heard about this guy. You may have heard the story about this guy. He, he, he was a Christian guy, and he died, and he went to heaven, and he, the first thing he wanted to do, he says, I, I want to see Jesus. And so he, he got to heaven, and he was asking around, he said, where is Jesus at? And they said, well, Jesus is over at the steakhouse. He said, I didn't know there was a steakhouse in heaven. So he runs over to the steakhouse, and there Jesus is. And he ran up to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, I want to tell you I love you. He said, Jesus, I want to thank you. He said, for what you did for me, I want to serve you tonight. He said, so Jesus, I'm going to bring you out a steak. How would you like it cooked? And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. <laughs> So if you never knew how Jesus liked his steaks, now you know how Jesus likes his steaks. Well done. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Let's pray and we'll jump into the text. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. We thank you that we can laugh a little bit this morning, dear Lord. You're good to us, God, and we thank you for it. We certainly do not deserve it. But God, we thank you that you give us freedom and the, and the grace you give us today to let us come here and hear your word. And I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that I would preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. I pray that you take away my nerves and my pride, God, that all of the focus today for every one of us is on you, God, that we free our heart of the distractions and the worries that we have in this world. God, we sure got them. But in these few minutes, we want to give them to you. And so, God, I pray that you just be with us as we read your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but one thing that I noticed throughout my years in life is that I don't always do a good job of finishing things that I start. Sometimes I start things and... And I don't finish them for whatever reason. Maybe you've been in the same boat before. You, you start out with a passion about something, and then, you know, maybe you get tired of it. Maybe you get bored. Maybe life gets in the way. Maybe you get sidetracked and you forget about it. But for whatever reason, sometimes I and maybe you have things that you start, but you don't finish. Now, as Miss Angeline said a while ago, I finished seminary, and it was a long journey. I started in 2008 and almost finished. And in 2011, I came back to Mississippi, and I had five classes left to take. It wasn't much, and for, I guess it was, let's see, 2011 to 2021, 10 years. I had a 10-year sabbatical, and then finally, in the middle of COVID, I decided to finish school. I wanted to finish. I didn't care so much about the piece of paper. That's not really, that's not really that big of a deal. I don't care about getting any kind of praise for finishing. But I wanted to finish because I looked back at my life and I said, there are so many things in my life that I have started that I have not finished. There are so many things that I've gotten so close to finishing and I, and I haven't finished for one reason or another. And I said, with this, I said, I'm going to finish. And there were days that I didn't want to finish. There were days that I did not want to write a paper. 
I did not want to read another chapter in another book. I did not want to watch another, another class online. I did not want to do another project. And that's kind of how life is for us. There are some things that we start and that we don't finish for some reason. Some we want to finish, we just don't. And some we don't want to finish. But here's an important thing for us to remember, especially for you young folks, is when we start something, we need to see it to completion. If you go out to play softball or baseball and you practice for a couple of weeks and you say, this is way too hot and too much work, I'd rather go home and play on my iPad. Don't. And parents, don't let them. Hold them to that. Say, you started this. You need to finish this. This is something that we need to do a good job of as parents and grandparents. It's instilling our kids that, that they need to finish, and we need to be the example of that. that. When we start something, we are going to finish it. But there is one thing in our life that we need to start and that we need to finish that is more important than any other thing in our life that we can ever start, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That we need to come to Jesus Christ, that we need to see the Word of God, and that we need to see what sin is, and to know that we are sinners. And we need to say, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins so that I can start a new relationship with you, a new life with you. The Bible says that's what we are in Jesus Christ. We are a new creation. We're the same person, but we are transformed, kind of like when a, when a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. It's the same creature, but it has been transformed into something so much more beautiful, and that is what we are when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We are somebody new. We start a new journey, a new life in Christ. And that journey that we start in our relationship with Christ is one that we need to see to completion. It's one that we want to finish. A race that we start where we say, Jesus, I will run the race of life for you to serve you, to be obedient to you, to lead others to you. That is a race that we must finish. And it's easy for us to get sidetracked and not want to finish that race because of the difficulties of life. But we need to have that passion, right? When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have, you probably know that passion, that excitement, that joy, that desire to serve. But sometimes that passion begins to fade. And a fire that once burned brightly begins to, begins to kind of fade out. So it's important for us to be in God's Word, to be in fellowship, and to seek God, and to repent of our sins so that our fires do not begin to dim, but continue to burn brightly. No matter what life throws at us, this is a race that we must continue to run. This is a journey in our relationship with God that we must finish so that we may be with God for all of eternity. And Paul experienced many troubles in his work to serve the Lord. Man, talk about a life that was transformed, a new creation that went from something old and and, and just evil. A guy that was seeking out Christians to send them for, for death, for persecution. A man whose life was changed by Jesus Christ. A man who then went on missionary journeys all around to all these different places, to Ephesus and Galatia and uh, 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 Corinth and Thessalonica. And all of these names that may sound familiar to you because Paul wrote books back to these places. And here was a man who knew what it 
meant to be changed, who knew what it meant to be transformed, who knew what it meant to serve the Lord, and who knew that it was not always easy. But yet he continued on in his work. And here in Acts chapter 20, this is drawing toward, toward the end of Paul's ministry. And he's preparing to go back to Jerusalem, a journey that will eventually lead him to Rome. And we don't really know exactly what happened to Paul after that point. But Paul had made a lot of friends along his journey. And as he was prepared to go back to Jerusalem, he knew, and his friends knew as well as we read these chapters around this, that things were not going to be good for Paul. And even at one point, his friends try to really deter him from, from carrying out the work of the Lord, knowing that it's going to result in some persecution and difficulties. But Paul is steadfast. And it says in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town... After town, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are awaiting me. So Paul says, I'm on my way back to Jerusalem. I don't know exactly what's going to happen to me, but the Spirit testifies within me that I'm going to encounter chains and affliction. Now, this is, this is the life of the Christian, right? I mean, sometimes we may kind of, we may kind of, fool ourselves and thinking that the life of a Christian is really easy and that all things are good for us. But that's not the case. I mean, now don't get me wrong, the life of a Christian is good and God is good to us and there is joy and there is strength and there is comfort that comes from the Lord that we cannot get apart from the Lord. But, but becoming a Christian doesn't make our life easy. Most of the time it makes our life more difficult because we as Christians desire to live by the Word of God, and we desire to tell other people about Jesus Christ and the commands of God. And those are things that our world really doesn't want to hear. And that was the problem that Jesus faced. I mean, he, he went out into the world, and he began in his ministry, and he began to, to preach and teach the Word of God, and he, as Miss Angelins stated a while ago, stepped on a lot of people's toes, as the Word of God often does. It, it convicts us, because we don't like to be told when we are sinning. But, but the truth is we do sin and we read God's word and it does tell us what right and wrong is and, and it leaves us with the choice of whether we go, we're going to do what is right or do what is wrong. Are we going to live in obedience to God or live in sin? That's the choice that Adam and Eve had from the beginning and that's the choice that you and I have. We are confronted with a choice to either listen to God or not, to follow God or not. Well, Jesus came and told people, look, you need to follow what God says, and here's what God's Word says, and here's what it really means, and here's what God calls you to. And a lot of people in Jesus' day, they wanted to be religious, but they didn't really want to follow all that God's Word said. They wanted to do the outward stuff, the dressing good and the going to church and the throwing the money in the plate so people could hear and fancy prayers. They wanted to do those things, but they didn't actually want to love their enemy. They didn't actually want to pray for those who persecuted them. They didn't actually want to do those things. They, 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 they didn't want to maybe commit adultery physically, but they still wanted to be able to look at the, at the women or the men. And Jesus said, that in your mind with your eyes when you desire that, that is just as bad as the act. And, and, 
Maybe they didn't want to murder people or, or, or stab the knife through someone, but, but maybe they had such hatred for people that it was just as bad. And Jesus pointed that out in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, hey, look, you may say just because I'm not doing X and Y, I'm doing what God wants. But Jesus says, you've got to look deeper into your heart. Your heart is not right. And Jesus began to preach the truth and say, your heart is dwelling on sin. And that's not good. You need to repent and come to me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But they didn't want to hear the truth. Well, fast forward to Paul's day, and he continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the people still did not want to hear the truth. And fast forward to our day. No real shocker, people do still do not want to hear the truth. And so Paul says, I don't know what my future holds, but I know that if I continue to serve the Lord, that it's going to be difficult times. And so it is for us today. It is hard for us to speak up for the Lord sometimes, perhaps at our jobs or at our schools or among our friends. Because sometimes when we speak the truth of the Word of God, it convicts those that we speak it to. Sometimes when we read the truth of the Word of God, it convicts us who read it. And so people don't like to hear that they sin, and we really don't either sometimes if we're honest. But we need to hear it. We cannot repent of sin if we do not know that we are sinners. So the Bible tells us you're sinners. But it also tells us that God sent us a Savior in Jesus Christ. And so we must be bold enough to speak the truth, knowing that it may very well lead to affliction in our life. And then Paul continues on in verse 24. But I count my life of no value to myself. And that's a bold statement right there. He says... I count my life as no value to myself. He didn't care so much about his life. Because what does the scripture say? To live is Christ. His life was Christ. But to die is gain. So even if his persecution and affliction and time and change led to death, it was okay. Because the value in his life was not for his pleasure, but for doing the will of God. Now that's, that's what God calls the Christian to is that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we are saying, Jesus, I am going to live for you now. Before Jesus, we live for ourselves. But when we become a Christian, we say, Jesus, my desire is now to live for you. Now, that does not mean that we are not going to be tempted sometimes to live for ourselves. But we have to be careful. Paul says, I count my life of no value to myself. And sometimes, really... We value ourselves and what we desire more than living for God and what He desires. But that was not the case for Paul. He said, my life is in Christ. My life is to serve Christ. And that's my focus. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to let drive me as I continue in my work for the Lord. And he continues on. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course. And the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. What does Paul desire to do? He desires to finish his course. He wants to run the race with endurance, keeping his eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith, uh, faith laying aside every sin that so easily ensnares. We see that in the book of Hebrews. And that should be our desire. We are running a race, brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to be those who 
run the race, who keep the faith, who finish. And that's what Paul says. Look, my goal and desire in life is to finish what God has called me to do. In Paul's case, it was ministry. He knew his ministry needed to lead him back to Jerusalem, and he didn't know what would take place, but he says, God has called me to serve. I am his. He is my number one focus. Therefore, I will finish the work that God has started in me. And so it should be for you and I, is that we want to be those who finish what God has started in us. Maybe some of you in here today have been walking with the Lord for years, but maybe you're not as excited about the Lord as you used to be. Maybe there was something that God has called you to, some way that he has called you to serve, and maybe you started serving in that way, and you just kind of got tired of it. Maybe you got physically tired of it. Maybe you just got bored with it. Maybe it was just a little too much work. Maybe what God called you to required you to get up a little earlier than you wanted to get up or to stay up a little later than you wanted to stay up. Maybe what God called you to was going to cost a little more of your money than you wanted to spend. Take a little bit too much of your time and therefore maybe something that you once were excited about, your excitement began to dwindle. Maybe... One day you enjoyed coming to God's house to hear God's word. And you came and you studied and you, and you worshiped. And then you, well, I don't really have to go to church today. And that cycle begins to be one Sunday and two Sunday. And the ways that God calls us to serve and live, we kind of begin to fade out in those areas where we once burned bright. And so many times maybe there are things that God calls us to that we do not finish. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to be those who finish what God calls us to. It is not always easy to do the Lord's work. It requires sacrifice. Lord knows what better example of sacrifice is there than Jesus Christ who gave his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven. Look at Paul. He was, he was imprisoned. He went through all kind of stuff. For what, for what purpose? To what end? To finish the work that God had called him to. To keep the faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because at the end of that race, once it was finished, if the faith had been kept, Paul knew that there was going to be a great reward that, re that awaited him, that he would be with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. And so it is for you and I. We are running to the finish line let us not be those who stop short. We don't want to stop running the race because things get too difficult. If God still has breath in our lungs, we are still running the race. So therefore, let us finish. Let us say, God, I will continue to live for you and serve you and be obedient to you until my last breath. Paul says, I've come to do the work, and I'm going to do the work until I finish the work. Jesus said a similar thing in John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus is with the disciples, and they leave him to go get some food. And 
he meets this woman at the well and he's he's talking to her and he's telling her look if you get water from me you'll never thirst again and and Jesus kind of blows her mind and and she goes off to tell everybody about Jesus and and who she had found and the things that he had told her and the disciples come back and they trying to get Jesus to eat and he says I don't I don't need any food. I got food you don't know about. And they said, what in the world is he talking about? Has somebody done brought him some food or something? And then Jesus clarifies what he's talking about. And he says in John chapter 4, verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That same mindset, that same attitude that Paul had was the same attitude that Jesus had. Now, it's not to say that Jesus didn't eat real food. He certainly did eat real food. But what he's saying here is my concern is not so much about food as it is about doing the will of God. Because what else did Jesus say? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. And so Jesus, his focus was in the right spot. His food, his desire, his will was to do the will of God and to do what? And to finish the work. He said, I'm not so much worried about what my desires are, my human desires are now, my desire is to finish the work. And that was the attitude of Paul, and that needs to be the attitude of you and I. Because so many times we get sidetracked from doing the things that God calls us to because the things that God calls us to take us out of our comfort zone. And we're more worried about making sure we sit in the air conditioning and we eat good food than we are about doing the work of God. And so we say, oh, no, God, I can't do that. That's going to be too hard. But Jesus says, not so for me. Jesus says, my number one desire is to do the will of God and to finish the work. And Jesus finished the work, praise the Lord. The last words that John record Jesus saying is, it is finished. Jesus finished the work, praise the Lord. He finished his work. He gave his life so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. And what does he call us to do? He calls us to do the same thing. He calls us to finish the work. He's done the hard part. He's, he's given the atonement to, to forgive our sins, something that we could never do. He's, he's accomplished the hardest part, and he says, if you'll follow me, listen to my commands and do my work and finish the work. I send you out into the nations, Jesus said, to make disciples. Finish the work. And the work that the apostles of Jesus started all those years ago is the same work that you and I are continuing in today. And so let us as individuals put our faith in Jesus Christ, start a good work, and know that he who started a good work in us will see it to completion. So let us seek God and put our faith in God, that we will be those who start the good work, that God continues it in us, and that we will be those who finish with our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today. I thank you for your word. God, I pray that if there is one in this room that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that today that they would, that today that they would repent, God, that they would acknowledge that they are sinners. God, we all are. But dear Lord, we thank you that Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. God, maybe there are some in here today, and they are yours. They have genuinely put their faith in Jesus. But God, they are maybe not burning as bright for you as they used to. Maybe their passion has dwindled a little bit. Their desire to serve maybe is not the way it used to be. God, maybe, maybe sometimes, if we're honest, we're just lazy. And that's why we don't want to do what you call us to. So get that out of us, dear Lord. Maybe sometimes we're selfish.
that keeps us from doing what we want to do. Get that out of us, Lord. God, maybe sometimes we're more worried about staying in our comfort zone and serving you. Well, God, help us to get over that too. And God, help us to be those who seek you. Get us on fire for you, dear Lord, as individuals, as a church, that we can be about your work and about your kingdom. And I pray, God, that you would help us to run the race. I pray that you would help us to finish, dear Lord, to know that the work you call us to is the most important thing. And God, we thank you that when Jesus said it is finished, he told us that all had been taken care of. He gave us a new power, a victory over sin. And the God, that is the power that we, that we take every day. That is the power that we use as we go on our journey to serve you. And so God, let us be faithful to be found to finish our journey to be with you for all of eternity through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.